this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm g sampath the host for today's episode after a gap of more than a year the nipah virus is back in kerala a day after a 12 year old boy died of the infection in kolikode district 11 more people have shown nipah symptoms A team from the National Center for Disease Control has been rushed to the state to help manage the outbreak. Kerala is already caught in a tough battle against COVID-19 with the state still accounting for around half of all new infections in the country. In this scenario, the outbreak of one more deadly viral infection has everyone worried. Also, this is the third outbreak of Nipah in Kerala with the state having encountered the virus in 2018 and 2019. So how serious is the current outbreak? how prepared is kerala to handle it will it remain localized or is it likely to spread further to answer these questions and more we have with us jacob koshi deputy science editor at the hindu jacob thank you so much for joining us hi sampath great being here jacob to start with how serious is the latest nipah outbreak in kerala well it's serious because the fatality associated with the nipah virus is extremely high so as we know from 2018 when there were nearly 18 to 19 it's disputable confirmed cases there were at least 17 confirmed deaths so that is an incredibly high fatality rate for an infectious virus and that alone is it's the mere presence of 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 a virus with such a frightening statistic that you know pulls up all our uh, you know barriers you know all our reservations and fears regarding it now it is too soon to it is too early to compare uh, compare it to the 2018 outbreak for one because so far there has been uh, one confirmed death and it 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 appears that you know even though three or four of the family members of uh, you know the, of the 12 year old boy in korikode you know uh, some of them have tested positive uh, have uh, you know are suspected cases it has not been confirmed if they are actually harboring the infection in fact the latest uh, uh figures also show that there have been about eight samples i mean that includes the contacts of the boy the families then uh, the various hospitals and the hospital healthcare workers when they are all part of the contact tracing system and uh, some nearly eight samples that were sent to the national institute of virology in pune they have all uh, turned out uh, negative so far so you know uh in in that sense you know uh, we do not know it it does seems seem that you know it is not as uh, uh, worrying as it was 2018 but that said you know uh, the entire trajectory of the nipa outbreak in 2018 lasted nearly uh, two months it was may and june and this the, because the first confirmation of this case was only on sunday uh, it, it it you need at least uh, more than four weeks of you know uh, absolutely zero cases and absolute confirmation that there are no positive cases at all to be entirely sure that you know uh, this is just like for example in 2019 when there was just one confirmed case so yes in terms of spread it is still early we do not know the reassuring signs are that you know so far the contagion doesn't seem to have spread uh, as rapidly as uh, 2018 and but the concern remains that it is nipah virus it is something that you cannot really uh, be complacent about and the fears still remain okay so uh, you mentioned that it is of course extremely dangerous because of the high fatality rate 
Now we know a great deal about uh, the coronavirus, which of course is like everybody's hobby to know as much as possible. But uh, not so much is known about the Nipah virus, which we are told is a zoonotic uh, virus. So what does it mean exactly, and how does it uh, spread? Is there a possibility of human to human transmission uh, in the same way? Uh, the corona spreads yes there is a possibility so a zoonotic disease basically only means that you know it is a virus that is harbored in animals and it can spread from species to species of animals in this case uh, uh, the fruit bat you know is uh, is one of the harbors of you know of this particular genus of the virus and uh, from the fruit bat it can spread to various other species for example in in malaysia it first uh, was found it was known to have jumped from uh, wide, uh, from bats to uh, paddock pigs, you know, and then from pigs it went to pig breeders, and uh, there was a uh, you know an outbreak that that uh, you know that affected nearly 276 uh, people. There have been this was way back in 98, 99, 97, 98. Since 2001, there have been several such infections, uh, you know, outbreaks that have been reported primarily in Bangladesh and. Uh, the bordering district of Bangladesh and uh, uh, West Bengal, which is Nadia. So there have been uh, reports, for example, where, uh, you know, you've, uh, I mean, this is the, this is what the suspected train, the chain is. There, there were no pigs involved in this time. But the fact that, you know, there are uh, uh, people who've been, uh, uh, you know, taking date palm, I mean, which, which is a, basically a juice from, uh, you know, a, a particular fruit. I mean, if that uh, palm has been contaminated by uh, bat urine or, you know, bat saliva and any person actually comes across, comes in contact with that particular fruit, it could spread to that person. And then from that person, it could travel via their respiratory droplets or, you know, being in any other person who's in contact with body fluids of that person. And that is how it spreads. Incidentally, in the case of the pigs, it was uh, suspected that the, the bats would have eaten off some pieces of uh, fruit uh, and those fruit when consumed by the pigs, you know, in their pig styles is how it would have, uh, you know, jumped to that, to that species. So this is the suspected train of uh, transmission. And uh, one interesting thing that has been noted about Nipah virus spreads is that, you know, it spreads very significantly in hospital uh, settings. Again, you, if you remember, it, this is all very similar to how, you know, the early days of uh, the coronavirus was, you know, you saw an extremely high spread in hospitals and, you know, there were, all, there were also the connotations with, uh, with bats as being the harboring, uh, as it being originating and which were the intermediary species. So all of those narratives actually, um, you know, are very similar in terms of, uh, of the Nipah virus too. But... Uh, the right now we are seeing this stage where you know it is suspected that it is not a very efficient transmitter unlike for instance the coronavirus because uh, it requires uh, you know fairly close contact and this is something that uh, that we see only uh, you know in families of uh, of uh, affected victims or you know you uh, see it in hospital settings you know where there are extremely a uh, lot of patients uh, you know clustered together and you know there is and it very heavily depends on the quality of infection control in hospitals. In places where infection control is uh, is very good, you would see less of uh, you know exchange of uh, you know uh, common uh, common syringes or common hospital uh, you know hospital equipment. So you would see less of such spreads. Whereas you know in places where infection control isn't uh, that strongly adhered to, you would see 
you know, uh, you know, several more cases of spread. So these are the kind of common trends that we are seeing as far as the Nipah virus uh, outbreak is concerned. From a biologically, uh, from a biological perspective too, you know, there is a I mean, it is it is still a virus. There is this time there is no spike protein, for instance, that are involved. Uh, you know that is uh, involved that you know uh, makes its way into the body cells. So there is little information yet on you know on the actual modes of transmission uh, uh, yet. I mean, in a in a sense that is uh, easily understand understandable to uh, you know to all. But uh, uh, isn't it true that uh, Jacob? Isn't it true that? Uh, the efficiency of transmission is inversely proportional to the mortality rate. In one sense, yes, because from the common, uh, from you know, from the assumption that if a virus is too uh, lethal and it kills too many, it doesn't have uh, many people to spread to. But then uh, this is something that actually, the, you know, what uh, the the coronavirus has really appended, uh, because initially it was thought that the coronavirus is something that uh, you know that uh, that that spreads very far and wide, and it is. Uh, uh, you know, it is its lethality is relatively low, but over time, you know, you are seeing the role of various other variants. You are seeing that uh, you know the coronavirus actually has uh, you know long-term effects in the sense that you know it can it can when 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 dealing when it affects the immunocompromised or it affects people with compromised uh, uh, immunity. You know, it can uh, you know it can cause all kinds of damages. I mean, in, in respect it can cause damage to the to the respiratory system to the circulatory system to the digestive system even neurological damage and there is there are deaths that are associated uh, with it so yes i mean uh, if you see it uh, in in the context of ebola or the mers virus yes we do not really see that kind of uh, uh, you know that you know this uh, you know this relationship holds but it is it, we never know when a virus can actually become more capable of spreading more easily, more easily airborne. That is, you know, it is able to, uh, you know, directly pass uh, through the air across distances. And that itself will then, you know, influence, you know, trends and figures on its uh, on its mortality. So this is something that, so in that sense, yes, the Nipah virus is, is still traditional in the sense that it has got high mortality and therefore it does not uh, spread very easily. But this is something that, you know, we shouldn't be taking for granted. Right. Now, you just spoke about how the coronavirus uh, uh, affects the body of a person it is infected. So, what does the Nipah virus do? Like, uh, what are the symptoms? How do they progress? Uh, what, what, what happens to the body that has been infected uh, by the Nipah virus? So, uh, in general, what, what is the classical diagnosis that is associated with the Nipah virus is fever, uh, delirium, then uh, body pain you know, uh, infections, uh, infections to the respiratory system, you know, many of the classical symptoms that you would very extremely high fever, many of the symptoms that, you know, that you would uh, associate with, you know, uh, several other viral infections. And this is what, uh, I mean, there is no real treatment prescri uh, prescribed or known for, you know, for this virus. There is also not really, uh, you know, an immediate approved vaccine that is avail available. So all the care that is really uh, prescribed for is treating the symptoms. That is, you know, you try to get the fever down or you administer drugs that are known to be a little more effective with, uh, with handling uh, long-term confusion. In fact, there have also been cases where people have been cleared, have been reported cleared of the Nipah virus infection, but, you know, have had long-term, uh, you know, for example, mental confusion or some kind of, uh, you know, neurological damage 
same in the same ways that you know we hear of uh, uh, long covid you know and you know syndromes like that so in that sense the nipah virus is still something which just basically very much like how the, uh, the the coronavirus affects the body in the sense that the amount of virus that goes inside the body becomes at extremely high levels and this triggers some kind of a cytokine storm that is when the 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 body's immune system in a bit to clear out the virus belatedly launches a a very ferocious attack and these these chemicals that are released by the body you know they actually end up harming uh, you know the the body's internal systems and that is what leads to a a mirage range of complications so there are these similarities yes but we still do not there are no there are no telltale uh, signs like for instance uh, you know the you know the, the the loss of smell you know that was so commonly associated with the early days of the coronavirus so there is nothing so typical there are no rashes or you know telltale marks like a chickenpox or a measles you know that we associate with this virus it is just extremely high fever and you know the lack of a diagnosis with any i mean when it's when a blood test or any other kind of test shows that you know nothing else works it is probably suppose that you know it is this virus and then when once you do a particular kind of an rt pcr test or an anti antigen test once you actually detect the telltale presence of the virus that is when you really know that this is an ipa virus related infection with the coronavirus for example we know that uh, the lungs are a, are, are a targeted area and you know, people usually get pneumonia and then they die yeah. so is there any particular like does this virus to affect the lungs or any particular organ in particular in particular no but in uh, in general all of these organs can be assessed uh, because at the end of it it is it is a disease that is uh, that enters the body primarily uh, you know through the nasal tract and through uh, through bodily fluids so you know it goes through the nose or it goes through the mouth and you know it enters the lungs first so naturally the lungs and respiratory illness is a uh, you know remains the most uh, you know common area of uh, of infection but depending on the severity of the disease and how uh, Uh, you know how effectively the virus man- virus manages to uh, penetrate the the lowest the lower recesses of the body other org- org- um, you know other organs can be affected and you know it is the ensuing cytokine storm that that can sometimes result that you know uh, lens uh, that actually aggravates the you know the 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 seriousness of the infection okay now let's uh, switch from uh, from from the individual uh, effects to the public health side of it now kerala's handling of uh, the covid pandemic has been widely debated and uh, it's in the middle of this battle so how well equipped is the state to handle one more viral outbreak well if the viral outbreak were to become even half as or even a quarter as anything like the coronaviruses then kerala has a serious problem because i mean uh, or actually not kerala any other place has an extremely serious problem because uh, the strength of kerala's the public health public response system is that it is able to it knows what to do in the sense that you know it knows that when a viral infection is uh, you know is suspected you do the basic things like immediately isolate the um, the, the person you uh, and you know you immediately find out all their immediate contacts and traces and you isolate them too in the hope that you know all of these people do not continue to be spreaders and you know spread the virus uh, further that seems that is actually very common sensical and it is not really rocket science but it is in the implementation of this uh, and of course wearing masks and social distancing etc 
it is in the implementation of this that is very difficult but this is the absolute ex- and this is the absolute limits to what uh, you know what a public response system can do now if an infection is so uh, you know is so lethal that you know it literally causes death i mean it literally guarantees death upon being infected that would mean that you know if many people were infected they would all uh, they would all end up in hospital and while kerala has uh, uh, a very fa- a fairly well spread out system of uh, primary healthcare across uh, you know all of its uh, districts there are serious limits to what it can handle and uh, if the number of patients reporting to hospital with uh, you know with the serious uh, manifestations of illness are extremely high then there would be a serious problem and then all talk about you know kerala's response system etc would you know would amount to nothing the other thing is because kerala is uh, uh, you know is is equipped uh, you know has a system that is responsive to infectious diseases it has got uh, it has got the capacity to for example uh, i uh, you know take blood samples store them uh, sto- store them properly and be able to send them to uh, you know requisite labs where they can be actually tested like for example in this case the the samples were taken to the uh, niv has actually the national institute of virology which is a biosafety level 4 lab and has been at the forefront of india's uh, of you know isolating the virus etc i mean they actually have a unit in uh, alappuzha in kerala but the ultimately the samples always ask and to the niv pune for confirmation because uh, it is only those grade of labs that uh, that are permitted to actually isolate you know a virus as lethal and, uh, as lethal as nipa and uh, you know actually handle them and you know uh, test them accordingly it's these are kerala strengths that you know that have been existing for a really long time which now in the in the aftermath of uh, of, of the pandemic many of the states have also known many of the states now realize the importance you know of having such a system in place so everybody the coronavirus has ended up forcing many states to actually up the game on this aspect but as we have just discussed that you know there really is no uh, you know panacea kind of treatment for this there is really no vaccine uh, you know if these numbers for some reason were to suddenly balloon it would be an unprecedented health crisis to which you know even even our experience with uh, with the with the coronavirus would have only limited health so to say so what are the chances of uh, the nipah infection spreading to other states should they be worried like what what is the probability how would you assess that given the fact that you know we uh, we already have the experience of something as contagious as the coronavirus and we already know that you know how viruses can easily spread there would there is already a system of border controls there is already a system of i mean tamil nadu and you know bordering states of kerala have also announced uh, precautions against you know cross border uh, you know you know movements which are already in place from corona uh, you know because of the pa- coronavirus pandemic then because of the uh, you know the, the seriousness that the nipa virus poses kerala health officials as well as you know uh, general health authorities in in the state to uh, you know are particularly careful about you know confining patients and ensuring that you know they are not uh, you know hanging around a lot you know uh, at least until you know 21 or 20, 28 days post infection so unlike if, for example in in a previous india is all, always seeing various kinds of uh, outbreaks all the time and but uh, like for example the the comparable one would be the h1n1 swine flu uh, pandemic that you know keeps uh, you know that keeps recurring now that is a 
a contagious disease in the sense that it can be airborne. Uh, so, but there were never really border controls enforced as strictly as uh, you know it has been enforced in the case of uh, coronavirus. So, in those contexts, it can spread very easily. Then there is, but on the other hand, as of now, we do know that you know the, the you know the, the the virus really spreads only among extremely close contact via respiratory droplets. So that can be you know that is some sign that you know it may not be as uh, contagious so far. Again, we never really know because it's only once cases rise to a particular extent that you know we can really uh, we, uh, understand better about the you know the modes of transmission. So so far, given the given the restraints that we uh, have because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, I would imagine that most states would actually have some kind of you know a movement control that probably would keep the you know, would keep the contagion within Kerala itself, if at all there is actually a contagion, so to say. Right. Uh, one final uh, question, Jacob, before we wind up. Where do we stand in terms of uh, getting a vaccine for Nipah infection? There were some reports recently that some vaccines are being uh, tested with some success on uh, certain primates. Yeah. So where exactly are we right now? So, uh, so that is one uh, wee bit of good news regarding the Nipah virus, because Till now, uh, there was there have been many kinds of uh, viruses. Uh, I mean, you know, viral virus candidate candidates for the vaccine that have been uh, tested in animal models, but only uh, only in 2020 last year was the first uh, uh, you know uh, you know a, a kind of virus that was isolated from a viral strain in uh, you know in Bangladesh, and you know they I mean a team in Australia I mean. Uh, it's it's uh, it's called uh, Oro is a pharmaceutical company. They have actually it is not they have actually managed to uh, isolate a strain that is closely related to the Nipah virus. I mean it belongs to the same genus, and based on that they have developed a vaccine that showed good results in animal models. And you know they have actually progressed on to a phase one trial. The results of the phase one trial refers to an early trial in human beings. So results of that of that trial will be known apparently in uh, October. So that is something that the world actually looks uh, looks forward to because it's performed well in primates. So uh, it, the the hope is that if it if it delivers the same kind of response in humans, there could be we could see some kind of uh, you know uh, protection against this virus. But more interestingly, is very uh, a very recent report that is from July. And uh, this shows basically the team at Oxford and uh, Oxford University and the National Institute of Health in the United States. They have managed to use the same backbone of the Covishield, what we call Covishield, basically the Chadox-1 vaccine. They have been able to use that as a back backbone and take a piece of protein from a strain of Nipah virus from Bangladesh because that is a region where, you know, there are frequent outbreaks. And they've been able to use that protein and develop a kind of vaccine. And when they tested that in African green primates, uh, uh, green monkeys, which is basically a species of uh, primates, they found excellent results even with a single dose. For example, a few monkeys that were tested, uh, which were given the virus, which were given the vaccine, and uh, one group of, vac of monkeys which didn't get the uh, which didn't get the vaccine, when both these groups were actually infected with the live virus. Uh, literally all of the, the unvaccinated monkeys turned extremely sick within five to seven days and had to be euthanized. Whereas none of the in, uh, the, vac the monkeys that got the vaccine required, uh, you know, you know, the required, uh, you know, they, they, they got a lot of protection from, you know, from uh, this vaccine and none of them 
turned sick enough, uh, you know, for them to uh, go uh, go ahead. So this is extremely promising results, and uh, you never given given the kind of this uh, response in the world towards the coronavirus pandemic in terms of how quickly vaccines were were, made, were developed and made available. That the sheer number of vaccine uh, platform, new kinds of vaccine platforms that came that came up. It would not be very difficult to imagine that you know there is now enough uh, incentive globally because once upon a time all of these were seen as tropical diseases affecting extremely poor countries and pharma companies never really saw uh, you know a great amount of incentive in investing in in uh, in vaccines for such kind of tropical diseases. But now coronavirus really has changed all of those calculations and there could be greater interest you know in making vaccines like this. So I believe that you know. It is quite possible that you would have, uh, you know, new uh, potential vaccine candidates for, you know, for something like Nipah virus and other related uh, viruses, you know, in the not too distant future. Right. So, yes, uh, we do hope that uh, Kerala would be able to move fast and contain uh, the infection and the spread of the Nipah virus, especially because they've been following various protocols for the COVID-19 uh, control measures right so those those uh, those months and months of following this protocol should hopefully give them an advantage in terms of managing this but then the flip side of that is is what we are seeing uh, about the the wave of infections in kerala now i mean it was i mean the i mean the general consensus among experts seems to be that you know because kerala contained the wave so effectively in the uh, you know last year a large fraction of the population was left uh, uninfected and because of which it, it is and now because uh, you know the contact tracing and you know the pub, the public mo- pub, uh, restrictions in public movement are far from as restrictive as it was you know last year because of which more and more people are uh, getting infected of course the the big lesson remains however that while people continue to get infected you know there are very there are relatively fewer of them who are ending up in hospitalization and uh, you know relatively fewer deaths compared to the number of people who are actually uh, you know, testing positive. So that is the only real uh, uh, sign. I mean, that is that is shows a kind of positivity in that you keep your population uh, as much of a population uh, free from the disease as uh, till the time it takes for you know for an effective vac- uh, for an effective vaccine to be uh, you know to be uh, to be available. So that really is a message from Kerala's uh, you know approach towards infectious disease, and this is something that must be the template for every other place because. One cannot really control the contagion of a of, of a virus, you know, because it it's always in retrospect that we will know how, uh, you know, how contagious it is. What are the you know what are the abilities it has to be able to spread extremely quickly or spread it, uh, and the only real ways out of it is to protect itself from the disease aspects of the virus, and that really can be done only through vaccines. So every other state should be able to, you know, whether it is Nipah, whether it is any other new virus, and zoonotic diseases are just bound to happen. Uh, and you know, it, 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 it is inevitable given the kind of uh, the climate crisis that we face and, you know, the intrusion of, of people into animal, uh, uh, you know, uh, animal habitats in the close interface, interface that we kind of share with them that is only increasing by the years. So this is going to be a kind of a kind of template for not only Kerala, but for how all cities, have, all cities, villages everywhere in India must continue to uh, adopt because we are. This is not going to be the last of what we are seeing, and this is something that we are going to be seeing all the time. 
on this note jacob will wind up thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and insights on this important uh, issue here thank you so much thank you bye in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon